podcast my name is chase and uh we're a little short staff today it's just Reyes and i on this episode so it'll probably be on the shorter side but it's been a while and quite a bit's gone on and especially on the basketball side but even with football we want to kind of go back so with that being said this episode is brought to you by studentsections.com the official home and number one resource for student sections built by former student section leaders studentsections.com gets game day from a to z whether you need a new game day gear your school wants custom merch or a new t-shirt gun, or maybe you just want to grow the student section on your campus, studentsections.com has you covered. So uh, we got a, a sponsor, obviously, and we even have these cool SCO hats. We'll, we'll put some pictures on um, our Twitter, but they have a special hat that's kind of CU themed. It says SCO on the front. Um, it's the new style, which is pretty cool. But if you go on there and use full, uh, discount code FFPOD, um, FFPOD, it's 15% off your first order. So with that being said, um, pretty cool hats. Give them a, oh, give them yeah. a look. But I like this hat. I'll, I'll totally wear it around for sure. You know, this is cool. Yeah. It's, a, it's a cool, it's a cool pod, you know, uniform now too, you know? Right, right. <laughs> I feel like half Especially the time. Especially because I... uh, Sam's hair is like all over the place and kind of looks yeah. like I, I got a diss on him since he's not here. But yeah, I almost show up, uh, show up to all of these uh, wearing like my favorite band hoodie or something like actually i'm doing that right now i'm wearing a set the sky hoodie look at that i guess most of you guys don't usually see video from this though we've been really bad about posting video but hopefully we can start now now i'll have a good excuse so absolutely but yeah chase like you said you know it's been it's been like in the kind of a holding pattern in terms of the the big news like who's our defensive coordinator going to be and then obviously we had the big rush with with uh yeah, signing day and, and there's been all sorts of crazy things going on in college football outside of CU. But mm-hmm. in terms of actual CU related things, football specifically, it's been, we'll say on the lighter side compared to what we were used to. Oh my goodness. Right. Compared to the previous five, four or five months before that of just absolute bedlam at one point, basically angering all of the college football world with, uh, a tweet about coach prime and his uh, commitment to excellence by pumping up noise. Right. Practice. Um, it, How blessed are we to have so much content? Oh my God. It, it was fun. It was so fun. And so it's, it's, it's been nice to be, to take a little bit of a break, you know? So we know Jake is, is on a move. Well, we won't spoil it because he's eventually going to be back on the pod. We hope. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he can talk more about that but uh he's he's been he's been dealing with some changes i've been dealing with some changes you've been traveling it's just been a lot of uh personal stuff that we've been trying to trying to power through but nevertheless like there's still a couple things to talk about so chase just before this we were chatting about we were chatting about the perception that we've kind of seen come out from even reputable national people about, oh, Dion's awful. He was such a bad coach. They'd look at how crappy is four and eight and one and eight in conference lost all their second half of their season games was. And one of the most obvious in your face examples of this was the Adam Munster tiger 
and PHNX. Yep. Wild. You remember that, Chase? Did you see yeah, that? If, if you're not on X, I mean, you got to be on, on Buff's Twitter because the content's fabulous and uh, Angry Andy's on like his 18th account. But <laughs> uh, it's nice to see Adam step up for, uh, or, you know, <laughs> at least take aim, right? Yeah. But the thing that, that really drove Adam crazy was something that also drove me crazy, which is, oh yeah, you know, Dion didn't inherit a real mess at all. This was the thing. So like, there's a lot that angers me about Jason Whitlock, right? There's a lot. I pretty much hate everything about Jason Whitlock, right? He's awful. But when he was trying to gaslight CU fans into believing that things weren't that bad, that that was the one time from the Folsom Frenzy account that I actually responded to Whitlock, like where I actually quote tweeted him like, yo, this is a clown. This is clown behavior. Like you can say a lot of things, but you cannot tell me that what I saw for the last 20 years wasn't that bad. You just, it, you just can't. And what, what I saw and I understand that PHNX Wildcats, they saw that 20-game losing streak with Arizona. Arizona football was really bad. And CU is kind of front and center to that because CU beat Arizona in 2021, 34 to nothing. Again, a really bad CU team. And so I understand why someone could have this perception that, oh yeah, Jed Fish was a magician. And he was like honestly, what Jed Fish did at Arizona was amazing. But to say to to try to belittle Deion Sanders, who who know who, you know for all we know maybe maybe this is a colossal failure. I don't think it can be a colossal failure because of the trajectory though, and we'll and we'll get to that in a second. But we we can we can hold off on giving him an A. Sure, I understand that. But to be like C at best, more like an F because he was four and eight, and it's, it's like yo, do you remember? It's not just about how bad the team was. It's the trajectory. Chase, who are our best players in 2021? Yeah, I I, I, I struggle to even name. Like Brendan Rice? Like yeah. uh, Brendan Rice? The most exciting Mackay player Black. for sure. Brendan Rice, Makai Black, Jarrett Broussard, Mark Perry, um, Ashad Clayton. That's that's a wild one too because that, that was so much promise for absolute zero payoff. Oh my god! Every, but I, I they I all left. Really quickly, they all transferred. Yeah. I mean, I think to your point, the only way last year you could pot like that you could possibly what what PHNX Wildcats was saying is, you know, you're you're so much better before, but we know that no one was watching CU football before, right? And that's that's how you know that no one on the national stage was watching the Pac-12 network to watch Colorado football. We were so abysmal. You know, only sickos would realize <laughs> how bad CU was, right? Because no one was watching the games. And so yeah. it, it's unbelievable how big of a difference, right? We went into every game last year with absolutely zero expectations, like pure hope, but zero expectations, if we were being honest, right? And the fact that we were competitive in every game this year, it, the the level of turnaround that is, is staggering. But as we were talking about earlier, you know, there's some numerical stuff. So if you want to go over that, yeah, um, that it, kind of it, proves it's hard to quantify in wins and losses, and that th that's why you know a lot of people hate the nerd stuff, like oh, you know. But what it does is it validate it can validate the eye test. That's what you want. What you want out of your nerd stats 
is not to like make up some fooey about how something is good or how something's bad. It's like, all right, so we're fans. We saw 2021 when we had Christian. I, I forgot to even mention Christian where we had a lot of very good talent and then they all left. They like, it was like the cupboard was left bare. There was no recruits left. And then 2022 happened. And it was like, if this t- if that team had played a worse schedule than they did, they played the third hardest schedule in the country. But if they had played a worse schedule, they could they could have easily su- appeared as a contender for worst team in the history of college football. That was unbelievable. It was it was certainly down there with some of those Kansas teams and some of the worst CU teams like in 2012 in terms of Power Five right. already. Thank God we didn't play State. North Dakota State that year because that would have been oh, a for sure loss. Oh, oh, like, I hate that bet. scheduling for this year. I don't, I, you know, I think that's yeah, an idiot all, yeah. game to schedule ever. I and, agree. You know, we'll talk about that later. But that would have been un, a bloodbath. Un, yeah, and it would have been the end of CU football. Like I think they would have just discontinued the program. I, I mean, I think I would have, I would have had to throw my TV away. Like yeah, it would have been yeah. so miserable. So that was what that was what was there. So I understand Arizona, like you can say, oh yeah, 20, 20 game losing streak, blah, blah, blah. But this was like the trajectory was bad. This was gonna become a Yukon situation. Is this was as bad as I think I've ever seen. Like again, Kansas or Yukon, and what Kansas has done to come back from that with Leipold is incredible too. So shout out to them. We'll play them next year. But um that is where we were starting from. That's where CU football under Deion Sanders was starting from. And so what I did is I just looked at the, you know, I, I was a, I was a bit of a critic of the, the football power index um, that ESPN is putting out, but the specific reason I was, I was critical of it last year is because the, the algorithm does not account for influx of talent from, from transfers. It doesn't do anything for transfers. And so when they were coming out last year and predicting that we were going to be one of the worst, not just power five, but FBS teams in the entire country. That was like, come on, we have, we just had Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders transfer in. Come on. And even when we went to the spring game, we could see that. Yeah. The rest of the team is not looking very good. There's a video out there somewhere on Twitter, if you guys look it up, of Sam and I talking, saying almost verbatim exactly that from the stands at the spring game last year. Um, but it's like last year's team with two incredible superstar type players and Shadur and, and Travis Hunter. And those players don't come to see you without Dion. Like that was a Dion recruit recruiting win. You can't just suddenly change the you know move the goalposts and say oh yeah that's not Dion. Dion wasn't a part of bringing those two players that were singularly part of improving the team so much and then yes there was another after the spring game there was a huge outflow and a huge inflow of players and clearly there were some holes especially one in the offensive line like it was it's a gaping void like Brand Canyon on the offensive line. I think you called it chase. If I recall correctly, that was your specific biggest concern. And you'd mentioned it numerous times and that played yeah. out. That and the, the lack of depth, right? Because the people that were transferring in expected to play. And if they didn't play, they were gone. And so you've got like Mickey mouse as your backup left guard. So, um, you know, I think that was, 
I, yeah, I, I think that was pretty obvious up front, right? And and so those are things that come with time. And I don't know if you had a chance to catch the Prime on Prime, but if you got if if the view, you know, people listening have not seen Prime on Prime season two, you got to watch it because it's so cool. You know, we got the the DNVR guys on the on there. I mean, really, really well done. And so at the in the last episode, not to spoil things, but Travis Hunter is talking to the camera and he's like, you know, I just don't feel like we had enough time to have this group gel. And I'm really confident we have the right guys, but we, we just need time to like be a team. And when you build a team of transfer mercenary kind of guys, right. You're not going to get that team building necessarily um, as quickly as you need to. So I, I think that'll be a big part um, as well, but just wanted to give a shout out to the, the prime on prime. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, as it relates to what you just said, like getting the right guys to gel and all of that, even despite that, we saw a team that was clearly improved, even though they're still one and eight in conference. We saw a team that was clearly improved. And like I was just talking about FPI, like there's some reasons to be critical of it, but with a full season of data into play, I don't think it's necessarily fair to criticize FPI the way that I was at this point, because I think it has been cleaned up and normalized to some extent. And yeah, the numbers now very clearly tell the story that we were discussing. So number two, the number two team in terms of the Delta from 2022 to 2023, number two in the country for most improved was Arizona, 14.7. The number one most improved FPI team at 15.1 was the Colorado Buffaloes, right? The advanced metrics look at that performance in terms of point differential and uh, in terms of the type of talent that's being added to the roster. And there is a very, there is a demonstrated improvement there. Um, I didn't compile the numbers on the simple rating system from uh, college football reference, but very similar story there. It's a very similar story there. So there's uh, some some advanced metrics that show that there's a pretty significant improvement from this team. And we have a lot to be excited for because the biggest flaw, that offensive line, and then the biggest challenge, the lack of time, this year, we have the opportunity to improve both with a less challenging schedule. Mr. Reyes, how, how will they possibly build camaraderie if uh coach prime is letting his sons go to the louis vuitton fashion show and uh, oh my god <laughs> i can't believe people are so like the fake outrage is unbelievable literally anything anything he does if he if he hadn't let him go it would have been you know dion doesn't let kids you know explore their own interests you know stuff like that right it's like no matter what he does he gets criticized um oh my god that so that was just wild i don't even know I can, I'm having a tough time wrapping my head around how you can look at that situation and not just be like, oh yeah, okay, cool. At, at most, right? If you don't care, then you should just be like, okay, whatever, keep it moving. But the fact that there's so much vitriol associated with it from the Denver sports media, my goodness, that it looked like there was some kind of a similar podcast situation with some uh, 104.3 guys. Oh my God. Some of the stuff like, dude, chill out. This is, 
it's like borderline borderline like questioning their their masculinity and things like uh, what are you guys doing man it's it was one game or sorry not not any sorry one not even a practice it was a team meeting it was a not and it wasn't even mandatory for the, the players that were coming back yeah it was like a, a new orientation right is, it was is an what orientation I meeting Oh my goodness. And then it's okay. Lost the locker I, room, Strayus. He's, he's lost the locker room forever. He's lost the locker room. Oh my, I swear to God. These are the same people that would not say a word about CU if, if they even wanted to, like deep down. They wouldn't say a word about CU in the last 20 years anyways. Not even bad. They wouldn't even say anything bad. It was just like, it, see, you didn't exist. See, you football didn't exist at all. And now all of a sudden, we're getting this opinion. What, what was the quote? It was like, uh, was it Nate Jackson who said, whatever the over-under is, take the under? <coughs> Wasn't the over-under four again? And, and and just total disregard of the fact that a lot of his fans are, are Colorado. You know, it's like, it's like a lack of self-preservation almost. I. That's that is just wild stuff. So at this point, when you look at all of this, I understand maybe maybe there's a little bit of cope. I'll admit it, right? There's a little bit of cope. Like, yes, they started off so hot. They were the, the talk of the nation, the talk of the world in some cases. You know, Sam was in Japan hearing about people like talking prime and stuff, which is outrageous. Um, Evan, you know, when we talked to Evan Batty uh, on the last episode. There was that that there was that level of pride being felt all over the world on on his side too, um, and and then you know the Stanford game. I mean that Stanford game was just devastating. You know uh, maybe to some people, some people are like the Oregon game was devastating. Oh, I didn't give a I didn't give a rat's ass about that Oregon game. I was over it after the first possession because I saw the way that Oregon was you know, driving it down our throat. I'm like, oh, okay. I've seen this before. I'll watch. I'll, I'll continue watching, but I know it's, I know it's going to happen. I'm going to watch it because <laughs> I hate myself. Yeah. Right? I like, know how this ends. I, I was like, oh, oh, I see what's happening right now. Oh, our lines are getting smoked. Uh-oh. <laughs> and and then I, I went to the ASU game, right? I met up with Emily, uh, who we were in Folsom Frenzy with as well. Uh, way back in the day and and they're like oh so what do you think i'm like oh you know this team's not that good you know yeah, people are talking a little bit too much like if you watch the oregon game you see they're like they're, they're not that good you know the csu game was like kind of indicative of some things like maybe nebraska is not that good either you know tcu's kind of not playing well right now and, they, and then they barely escaped the asu game and i walked out of that stadium like oh god this is bad like it, it, you some avid listeners may remember on that podcast afterwards i was like they just need to find a way to beat stanford they have to find a way to be St like i don't care if it's ugly i don't care if it's pretty you just gotta find a way the rest of us are all gleeful i think sam said that the only <laughs> only way stanford wins is if there's a chess match in the middle of the field or something along <laughs> <those things. laughs> um, we were everyone else was feeling pretty confident and i was definitely guilty of that even though i mean the cracks were definitely there after the csu game i think that's where i really realized like uh-oh uh, you know, at halftime when when we were kind of just in it, and it was like, wow, this team might be um, still a work in progress for sure. Yeah, that Stanford game that broke the, that broke 
a lot of good things that were happening, you know. Luckily, they had already given us the the CUCLA or ABC had already given us the CUCLA game at the Rose Bowl, so at least we got that attention with Chris Fowler. Even though at that point in time, I think everyone knew <laughs> what we were dealing with here. So yeah, there's cope. There's definitely cope. Like, oh yeah, you know what? What are some positives that we can take out of this? But legitimately, there are a lot of positives to take from this because you really have to understand, like truly understand the position to be a bad team that loses all of your good players. And it is so, well, it would have been more ironic that immediately, maybe a day or two after, it might've been the next day after that uh, Adam Munster Tiger and PHNX fight that Jed Fish left, and I that was, was so thinking, satisfied. I, I I was I was just uh, thinking like, oh, he's gonna take all of their all of their players, and then it, well, it didn't happen. Which actually, you have to give. Well, they did lose a couple players, but I I, I gotta give Noah Fafita and Tedaroa McMillan a ton of credit. Those guys, they actually lit. They listened to Jed Fish preach about loyalty, and. They they decided to live it more than the guy that was preaching to them. That is impressive. Like I am very impressed with those guys. But it was still hilarious the timing of him leaving right after that fight. And I, I was just expecting to see like all of those same good players from Arizona leave. And and to be fair, that would have been really good players leaving from a really good team. For us, it was like the best players we had from a four and eight team that was lucky right. to be four and eight. That was a lucky four and eight where we had a, what that game, that overtime win over Oregon state, which was pretty fluky. There was that, uh, uh, Oh, the Washington, that Washington game was the most fluky win I've ever seen because I think CU had 400 something yard. They gave up 400 something yards and only had 170 yards of offense. It was just That's all how the magic happens, baby. Yeah. You know, full some magic, you know, but uh, that that was the four and eight. and then what we beat Topher's UNC team, <laughs> which which he's not here to defend himself. Yeah, um, and he wouldn't because <laughs> it's like beating was, uh beating Cherry Creek High School. Yeah, and then and then beat Arizona, thirty four to nothing. Right, that was it. That's four wins. So those are your four wins, and you have like maybe eight or nine very very talented players in the team, and they all leave at once. And the, and you have a 70th ranked recruiting class coming in. Oh my. And that's what we saw. And that's what Dion was working with. And he chose to come to see you knowing that that was that situation. If anything, you should look at that and say, wow, this guy has some guts. He took, he looked at, he looked at a situation that was going to potentially like derail like hurt his legacy or something like that and he said no i'm gonna make this mine and i'm gonna do something great here i'm gonna do something crazy and it almost and now it really makes sense why he's so adamant about saying i want to stay in boulder like this is there's something a little bit deeper there's like deeper meaning to all of this than I think a lot of people just God, I, I really hope this isn't all cope for when he ends up leaving. And <laughs> I mean, there'll be a whole set of different cope at that point. A lot of yeah. that cope, a yeah. lot of that cope is going to be more like, uh, 
uh, oh, at least he did this for us. We would be dead if it wasn't for this, you know. The podcast will end because I will have jumped off my roof. So, <laughs> uh, it's good. It, it, I, I think that uh, we have a lot to look forward to. I, I can't wait to go to this year's spring game. I know what I'll be looking for. I and based on the fact that I saw, um, I saw last year's, um spring game and I immediately was able to correlate that with the 2022 team with two basically like one all-american and then one like guy who could be all-american talent like with the right offensive line um I, I get the feeling that uh we'll have a decent idea after this spring uh this year's spring game about what we're gonna expect next year yeah or in the fall so absolutely and hopefully a couple more pieces coming in the transfer portal uh when Jake gets back um, earlier in the podcast, you made it seem like he was like about to die or something. Jake is fine. He'll be <laughs> on the next podcast. Um, <laughs> just moving to Denver. But um, yeah, definitely some transfers that, that Jake will get excited about and talk more about. So with that being said, um, let's transition to probably the most frustrating CU Hoops team I, c- I can remember. And there's, boy, have there been some frustrating teams, but uh, a team that has all the talent. I saw a, uh, by the way, a, a mock draft on CBS sports that had Cody Williams going number three overall first, first uh, collegiate kid, or I think um, on the mock draft, that's the kind of talent on this team and a team that looks absolutely unbelievably world beating awesome at home and a team that just cannot get it done on the road. Um, I just want to start with, with that Arizona loss where I know Arizona is a really, really good team. Like there's no question. Arizona is a great team. It's on the road. That's a tough game but losing 97 to 50 and being immediately out of the game, like within five minutes of the first half, I think I that was like the like, Oregon this, game. This game's over. I was like yeah. the Oregon football game equivalent for basketball. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I don't know which, which one's worse. Arizona state loss. I mean, that one's more heartbreaking with the Cal loss is just like absolutely season ending. So the thing that's even worse about the Cal loss. So, okay. With Arizona, no Cody Williams, no Tristan De Silva. That. I mean, you can't look at that and and ignore it. That's a big deal. The committee will consider that too. You're missing two of your two of your three best players. What are you going to do against ninety seven to fifty? They gave up. So like, you could see that they quit. I mean, they completely quit because there's nothing they could do. You have one guy out there that is maybe occasionally able to get a shot off, and KJ tried. You know, he tried what he could, but you just can't. He can't do anything. And then they quit. So I I, I feel like there's a, a big asterisk on that absolute blowout. They still would have lost. Don't get me wrong. I still feel like they would have lost that game with how they're playing on the road. But at least you have that excuse there. And then against ASU, I think Cody was still out. Tristan may have come back, but Cody was still out. One of the We were still missing someone. Now my memory is failing me. But we're not fully back. They were almost had it, almost stole it at the end. But then Cal. Oh, oh, dude. Up 20. They were up 20. They're completely dominating that game. They had everyone. Eddie had his career high in points. And they lost. Oh, my God. That was bad. And that this Cal bad. team is so bad. Like otherwise, like this must have been their game of the year, I guess. One thing. So uh, someone brought this up. I think it was Will Whalen on Twitter. 
this was an interesting point. People will look at this Cal basketball team in the same way they'll look at this year's C or last year's CU football team. The record is going to look really bad, and people are not going to realize how much they've improved. That's how bad Cal basketball was last year, right? They're on a completely different level of bad. So yeah, like I hear what you're saying. They're definitely they're definitely a bad team. Um, and CU, especially being up twenty. And if you're trying to make the tournament, you can't lose that game. Um, but yeah, the Cal Cal is under Madsen is showing some signs of life, and they they've they I think they beat Washington State, who's a they're a bubble team too. Um, they're they're weirdly coming out with some some wins, you know, so far this year. I think they beat Santa Clara. They've had some. I mean, seriously, there's some weird Cal weirdly good Cal wins this year, but. If you're if you're trying to make the tournament, you can't lose to Cal. You just can't do it, especially when you're healthy. Like there's no excuse. Healthy and up twenty, yeah. I mean, just... oh my god. But then they turn around and now they've won three straight. No, they well that first half against USC was awful. That I mean, I, I was I was worried that they were just cooked and that they had quit on the season. And yep. that we were at the we were truly witnessing the end of the Tad Boyle era right in front of our eyes because they just they looked so bad in the first half against USC. I think they were down 15 and a half or something. You know, they were down double digits, I believe, at halftime. But then basically since the halftime of that USC game, they've looked like a completely different team. They've come out and just blasted Oregon. They blasted USC in the second half. And then they just nuked Oregon nuked. State. <laughs> Disrespectful to Oregon State. Yeah. They they basically did to um they did to Oregon what Arizona State, did to what us. Arizona did to us. So yeah. um yeah, that, that was that was really nice to see. That so this is big. This next road trip is huge. Washington, Washington State. You probably need both, at least one. I I, I think we have to have bubble. both. So both of them are quad one right now. Really? Um, yeah. So it oh, and it just you just need to be top seventy five in the net to to have a road quad one win. Okay. So they're both technically quad one. Washington is I think was at seventy five last I looked. So it's borderline, but it could it, by the end of the season they could both be quad one. Hmm. Uh, but right now CU has zero quad one wins because Miami has fallen off the line. So at least Florida State's no longer a quad three loss. So that's the good news. Florida State has kind of improved quite a bit, but um, that is uh, it's a big, big road trip. Like they got to get these two, and if they do, then I could see them jumping back in to maybe like the ten seed range. It's that cow loss just hurts so bad. Yeah. Before that, we were thinking like seeding. How high can this team get? Even after the ASU loss, it's like okay, they're still hurt. But then beat beat Cal, and now we're still talking seeding. We're not talking seeding now. Now we're talking. We just need to bubble. get into the tournament. Yep. It's a true bubble. So oh yeah, and then we get to go visit Lawson Lovering after the Washington. Uh, so see, make sure he's doing well. Hopefully we don't get too dominated. I can't wait for uh, Eddie to go uh, crazy on him. 
Yeah, it'll be that'll be fun. Uh, well, we are uh, running out of time quickly, and we would be remiss if we did not talk about the ladies. Uh, huge win, huge win today, and uh, a team that I don't know. Like th- this is one of the best CU teams of any kind. I think Jake Shapiro actually said this, so I got to give got to give him a rare shout out. Um, <laughs> Wholesome frenzy, OG. He, uh, I mean, the the win against USC was like a grit, gritty win, um, you know, and. I I think you said that you project them to be probably still top five despite the loss. I would think so. There was a lot of chaos this week in the in the top ten because Iowa lost today. They lost to Ohio State, um, and NC State lost to Miami, I believe. And USC had previously beaten UCLA, and then we lost to UCLA, and then we beat USC. So. It's a lot of. I'll be very interested to see what the what the AP voters think, but it seems unlikely that CU would bump out of the top five. Maybe, maybe they will. I don't know. Uh, obviously, the the voters are going to be biased towards trying to keep Caitlin Clark up just because she's such a, a unbelievable Star. talent, you know. Yeah. And it was an overtime loss on the road, so sometimes that happens. And then, Ohio State's ranked, right? It's a ranked team, so it's not right. a. Not exactly a bad loss, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, they're that is such so, so impressive. They're gonna go as far as Jalen Sherrod takes them. She is just such a difference maker. Yeah, she's so fast. I I I hope if you haven't watched CU women's hoops yet, please do. And if you do, you will know what I'm talking about with Jalen Sherrod. It is it is. I haven't seen a single instance where she isn't the fastest person on the court by like more than a couple clicks. It's it's by at least a couple clicks. And she hustles too. Not just fast, but always hustling. Like the motor's always going. Yeah, it is just. Blocking passes. She is just so. But then uh, against UCLA, I wasn't able to actually watch the the game in real time. But um, man, there's just some, there's some like missed layups. There was there was just some missed opportunities, and it's not by not putting it on her leader, not putting it on her leader of the team necessarily, but it's those games where if if Jalen Sherrod like goes off, if she has a huge game, no one can beat CU, right? That's the thing. It's the difference between like okay, they're going to compete against anyone versus they're going to dominate everyone. Right. That's a really good place to be, and. Against UCLA, you know, UCLA's got to be feeling good, of course, but there's a rematch on the 26th of February, and that'll be a fantastic opportunity for that team to come back. What out a statement. And say, oh, my God. What a statement. Be. We'll, we'll see you for a third time in the final four. Yeah. You know, that that's that is where we're at right now. Um, and hopefully that, you know, the women, they also have a big road trip coming up. Uh, sneaky. Oregon State team, um, historically a very good Oregon team, although they're struggling a little bit this year. And then, uh, and then off to the Washington schools also, who are both, you know, it's the Pac-12 and women's hoops. It's always it's good across the board. So there'll be a kind of a big test here. So hopefully they'll they'll be able to get through that and uh, uh, take care of some more home games after that, and then face. Uh, another daunting road trip with Utah, USC, and UCLA. So 
A lot of excitement left this season. Amazing to see the attendance. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. I, I was out of town for, for all of those games, unfortunately. But, oh, my good. Well, today I got home just in time for this, but I couldn't make it today. But, my goodness. It was so, see the sellout crowd against UCLA. Yeah, and I think they're outdrawing the men, aren't they? Or I, I think I saw it was someone close. said it on Twitter. Yeah. It was close. Like, for, from this last stretch of games, it was close. I think Ted. Ted was the one who posted that. It was like 8,000 for the men and 7,900 for the women. It's like wow. they're neck and neck in attendance. And that that UCLA game, is that's that's what you want to see. Like that energy and that excitement for a team that that's, that's having a type of season as CU women's hoops is, that's what you want to see. And I, we're just, we're just so excited. It's the, you can feel that kind of energy, uh, the energy that maybe that Cal loss took away from the men's hoops team. It's still there for the women's hoops team. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll keep riding it all the way. Yep. Really special team. Uh, well, I, I think we're uh, pretty close on time, so we're going to have to go ahead and close it out. Uh, thank you everyone who stuck it out and listened and uh, everyone who interacts with us on Twitter, all that good stuff. Um, you know, huge shout out to our new sponsor, studentsections.com. Um, go check them out. We'll be posting the hats like we mentioned. And uh, hopefully we'll be recording more frequently. Um, our goal is probably in the next two weeks or so. But, you know, with the off season, it's kind of nice to slow it down a little bit before we pick it back up when, uh, when football returns. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and uh, let's go Buffs. Let's go Buffs, baby.